0: Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. So if you notice anything different about today, it's the setup. So today I want to talk about how communion matters. Last week we talked about how partnership matters. and Today I want to talk about how communion actually matters. Now, believe it or not, my first communion uh, happened in second grade, which means it happened about 50 years ago. Can you believe that? 50 years ago, I'm having my first communion. And so I know some of you are like, dude, was Fred Flintstone around back then? Um, Some of you who are so young, you don't even know who Fred Flintstone is. But for me, it it was a very simple thing. You just went up there, you took the bread and the grape juice, and that was the end of it. So as I was preparing this week for communion, I was surprised by all the little controversies that are actually surrounding communion itself. For instance, there's a controversy that says, should we take communion daily, weekly, or like harvest on Good Friday once a year, or whenever? I didn't realize that was a controversy. I was like, what's the big deal? Just, it's communion. Just take it. Another one is, should it be served by elders and or deacons, or can anyone help serve the elements? A third one was, it, should communion only happen in church, or can we actually do communion in small groups? And if we do it in a small group, does a pastor have to be there? It's kind of a controversy. What's, it just, it's communion. Um, another thing is, should it be connected with a meal? Or just a part of the service? You know, like, should we be having a meal? Because the real communion that they get, did back then was surrounded by a meal. They sat down, they had a meal together, they had communion, they had community. Today, we just have this controversy in and of itself. Another big controversy, <coughs> way back when, is does the bread, or juice or wine, whatever you use, actually become the real body and blood of Christ? In a real sense? Or a spiritual sense? Or is it just a memorial? I mean, there's just so many different things. And my biggest fear this week that I faced was, and this is really interesting for me, how do you get gluten-free, <laughs> nut-free, and vegan without crossing things and getting somebody sick? Because to me, I actually heard for to make gluten-free bread, you have to have a license. So I was like, what? Really? Seriously? But there's, it's, it's a serious thing that you... Have. So all this controversy about communion. So even before we get started, I want to let you know, if you are gluten-free, head this way, the last bit. And then if you're vegan, over here. And then everybody else, you're in the middle. And I don't think anything has any nuts. The only nut here I know is probably me, But So don't worry about it, okay? Just don't be allergic to me. So now with that in mind, I want us to open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, And we're going to look at verses 23 through 29. And we're going to talk about how communion matters. This is what Paul writes. He says, For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. There are three things that I want to talk about being important with communion and why communion actually matters. And the first one is remembrance, to remember So when you're dealing with the word remember here, it's not the idea of a simple recall, but it's actually intentionally meant to be a a very serious reflection or thought on something. For instance, if I said, do you remember what 2 plus 2 is, immediately, 4. It's not hard. It's a simple recall, and you think, okay, that's what remembrance means. But Paul is not saying that's what Jesus meant. What Jesus meant was, I really want you to reflect or think deeply on this. So when we're talking about Memorial Day memories, the hope is that, you know, I know that you did it for an exercise so I could get a couple things here, but that you really sit there and think about what really happened, and you actually relive it. And I was thinking this week about reliving things, and I thought about Tuba City that we went to years ago, and I remember one year, and I've told you this before, but I remember the year that we actually went and had to get the vans, which meant that we had to leave the youth group students at the airport alone. Yes, I know I did that. (laughs) Necessity. But in the midst of that, I gave them an assignment, and I remember coming back, and they were still working in their notebooks. This was like about a 45-minute trip, round trip, and they were working on it, and I'm just sitting there thinking, out of all the groups in the airport, the least active Noisy, Loud was that group. And every time I think of that, it always reminds me of how mature our youth group students were when they went on these trips. Because people always told me, if you treat kids like adults, then you're going to get into trouble. And I always felt that if you treat them like adults, they'll prove themselves, and they did. And so whenever I think of Tuba City, I think fondly. I relive it. I go, man, I would love to go back there because that just reminds me of what it's like to be a partner in ministry with students that everyone else might think, ah, they can't really do it, and know that they actually did it and did it well. And that's the kind of idea that Jesus is talking about here. Remember, remember me. Remember me. W- remember what? I mean, because again, you have to remember, in a recall manner here, that when you're looking at Jesus, talking to his disciples, the, all the big stuff hasn't really happened yet, Right? I mean, they've done the miracles, they've seen the raising of the dead, they've seen the calming of the storm, they've had the conversations about Jesus being the Son of God, being God of All that has happened, but the crucifixion hasn't happened yet. The burial hasn't happened yet. And the resurrection hasn't happened yet. And yet Jesus is telling them, remember me. See, in a sense, he's looking forward and telling them to look backwards and to remember me. Like, what do we remember about you, Jesus? We remember the conversations. We remember when you asked us, hey, who do people say I am? Well, you're this guy and you're that prophet. But, well, who do you believe? You are the Messiah. And he's saying, remember that. Because when the time comes and I'm gone and I've returned to my father, you have to remember who I was. You have to remember the things that I've done. How many times did we calm the storm? How many times did we feed thousands of people? How many times did you see people healed? How many times did you see people rise from the dead? Remember me. Remember me. Reflect on that. When it gets hard, when it gets difficult, when you feel like giving up, when you feel like you're at the point of death yourself, remember me. Because all that you've seen about who I am and all that you have seen about what I have done. I want you to remember that so that when you sit down and celebrate communion, this reminding, this remembering encourages you. It strengthens you. It helps you. And so when we wanna do this remembering, what we're also in a sense, I think Jesus is saying is, guys, remember all this stuff because it's gonna make sense later. How many of you have seen the movie The Sixth Sense? Now I know a whole crowd over here has probably never seen it before. I watched that movie, and I was like, Man, what? this movie does not make sense at all. And then you get to the end, and it all falls into place. You can't watch the movie again because everything has been ruined because now that you already know what the end is. It, but that's what Jesus is saying. He says, remember me, because right now it's about to fall apart. Your world is going to crash. Your world is going to burn. It's going to be horrible, but in the end, it looks like it's over, but it's only just begun. The kingdom is coming, man. The kingdom is coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. So remember, so when you sit down at this table, remember. How many of you have memorial services for grandparents? <clears throat> only a few of you? We need to have more memorial services. Okay, when you have a, a, a memorial for your grandparents, you sit down and you just kind of have all those memories, right? Like when I pass away, you're all going to be at my memorial, right? How come you didn't say anything there? It hasn't even happened. yet. you busy that day? You got plans? but, But when we have a memorial service, what do we sit down? We talk about the things that we remember. Boy, I remember when, and I remember this, and when they did that, and so what Jesus is saying is, listen, when you, communion matters, man. Communion matters because I want you to remember me. What you're about to experience in life is not gonna be easy. There's no promise that the road will be smooth, but in all of it, remember me. Second thing he then says is this. <clears throat> Let's move on, verse 27, it says this. So anyone who eats this bread... drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. Now, this is important because what Jesus is saying, not only remember me, But when you're remembering me, examine yourself. And again, the word is not just like examine as in like, look at, like right now you're all examining that and like, yeah, you know, we just read that, yada, 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 yada. Like for instance, me, if you're like me, how many of you, when you read devotional books and they have the scripture written out and you skip over it? You do that too? No, you don't. Okay. Well, you're, you love God. I don't, obviously. (laughs) I do because like, okay, I know what you're going to say. I've read that before, yada, yada. And I don't really examine what is happening there. And I've changed. When I first started, when I first became a follower of Jesus almost 40 years ago, actually it was May of 1983. So it is 40 years ago. When I would read books, devotionals, they didn't have the scripture written out. They used to have the references. And I would get mad because I would say, oh, man, now i got to go look up the reference. Why don't you just put it in the book so I can get it taken care of right away? Now when it's in the book, I skip over it because I don't want to examine it. I don't want to really look closely at it. I get trouble at home through texting because I don't examine the text message. I get the general idea. Okay, I'm supposed to be here at this time. Cool, I get it. You forgot something. You didn't do this. One of my kids, and I won't even mention Kaylee's name, goes, You don't listen to me. Why? Because I'm not examining. I'm not, I just look at it. Okay, here it is. This is what I'm supposed to do. That's all that I need to do. Thank you very much. And it's, no, there's details that are in there. And so what Paul is saying is, listen, when you get together, examine yourselves. See what the condition of your soul is like. And the Corinthians were a chocolate mess in some ways. There was division, they were fighting, they were arguing amongst one another, and in a sense, the unworthy manner in which they were eating the table at this meal, what they were doing is the rich folk were coming with their food, maybe some of them were a little tipsy at the moment, and the poor people were coming with almost nothing, and these guys were having a celebration, and these guys are looking on, and Paul says, there it is, that's division. You're eating this meal in an unworthy manner. This is us remembering our Savior and our Lord, coming together as a family, and you're eating like you're at a restaurant. I mean, they didn't have restaurants back then, but you know what I mean, right? So you're eating this, in a sense, creating division instead of really looking at yourselves and saying, what are we doing here? And if you ask the question, what are we doing here? We're remembering who Jesus is. And what has Jesus said to us? He said, what? Love one another as I have loved you. What kind of love did you have for us, Jesus? The kind of love where you lay down your life for your friend. Remember this and examine yourself. Look at the condition of your heart right now and ask yourself, am I really pursuing God like I first did? I can remember way back in May of 83, when I first became a follower of Christ, there were things that bothered me, temptations that were always in my face. And suddenly now it was like, I got Jesus. I don't need that anymore. How many of us felt that way when we were first dating, right? 20, 30 years after marriage, just like, eh, I said it at the altar. I love you so good. Yeah, let's go out. Well, I'll take the garbage out and maybe you'll walk the dog. That's the kind of out we do now, right? But that first love, what Jesus is saying, remember, examine, look at yourselves. Really understand where you're spiritually. Now, if you stop there, there's a problem, right? Because think about it. If you examine yourselves and you're looking at the heart and the trajectory of your life, what are you going to walk away with? Oh, man, these are all the things that I did wrong this week. I blew this. Oh, I blew that. And then communion is this really somber experience, isn't it? Like we all walk up here, we're standing in line and we're looking at ourselves and thinking, yeah, this week I got into a fight with my spouse, yelled when I shouldn't have yelled, improperly yelled at my kids, wanted to kick the dog but didn't because I didn't want somebody getting mad at me or whatever it is that you went through and you feel, I am so horrible. I'm eating this in an unworthy manner. Maybe I shouldn't come up here. And yet Jesus, I think, as an implication when he says this, is not, or Paul, is not just examine yourselves to see how bad you are. But remember how good Jesus is, and the reason that you're actually coming to communion and why it matters is because you need Jesus. And this is supposed to be a celebration. It's almost like it's supposed to be a party. So it would be really crazy today if you all came up and you have a communion like, that's it, you know what I mean? Because there's this remembering of who Jesus is. That the Son of God who was worshipped throughout eternity, steps down into our world, and then ultimately to live this life to show us, hey, this is how you can know God. Just follow me. I'll show you God. This is awesome. This is great. You want to be full? Follow God. It's awesome. Wait, we have a problem. you all have sin issue, but you know what? Remember me, because coming up, it'll be my death. And my burial, my resurrection, and that sin problem will be taken care of. The Lord's Supper, communion itself, is supposed to be a celebration. Yes, examine yourself. If you're living in known sin, then deal with it. And then come, because the communion, what Jesus is doing is he's saying, I'm inviting you to encounter me. I'm inviting you to get to know me. I'm inviting you to my table. I'm inviting you to my feast. I want you to be here. I don't want you to be sitting there thinking, oh, miserable, wretched, warm sinner that I am. I cannot move because God will strike me dead. That's not the intent of communion. The examining is to look into your heart. The examining to see is whether or not you have really wanted and desired Jesus and encountered him above all else. In our small group, we've been reading Philippians, and last night we talked about Paul and this idea where he says, For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And in in chapter 3, he says, you know, I count all things as lost in comparison to knowing Christ Jesus. And I looked at this week, and I said, how, Paul, do you get there? I've been following Christ for 40 years, and I just feel like that seems to be so unattainable. How do you get there? And the realization is he encountered Jesus If you're not sensing that overwhelming passion that God has for you, you have not encountered Jesus. And the invitation from Jesus is, Come, all of you who are thirsty, hungry, heavy laden, burdened, come. Come to the table. Communion is not only remembering who Jesus is and what he's done, but is an examination of who we are, how we have failed, but yet how we have a Savior who has come along and taken that and then said, please come to my table and join me. So we remember and we examine ourselves and we can walk away with this sense of encountering Christ in a way that marks our lives. Pastor Stan uh, and I read a book this week, When Church Stops Working. And the idea that the author is trying to say is, The church has spent so much time in the secular age. We have believed that efficiency and innovation and effectiveness and more resources are what the church needs. The church is in the midst of decline, so let's get more people. Let's rally people to the cross, and let's gather together and do more things. And he says that's not what it is at all. What the church really needs is an encounter with Jesus. And when you encounter Jesus, what happens is all these things that you used to be overwhelmed by can be overcome by the fact that now you have God with you. Paul and Philippians could say, you know what? I don't care. If I die, so what? I go to heaven. If I stay, so what? I'm still with Christ. It's all about Jesus and encountering him. And that's the sense of what we get when we come to communion. We're not just having grape juice, we're not just having bread. We're remembering who Jesus is and what he has done. And it gives us a third thing for us to hold on to is that there's hope. Verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. There's hope. There is hope. I will come back. I will set this straight. We will feast. We will feast forever and a day to infinity and beyond, to quote Buzz Lightyear. Right? What he's saying is there's hope. Do you ever leave on Sunday discouraged? Disappointed? Tired? Are you feeling a little numb? Like right now, this God thing. I mean, you're telling me encounter Jesus and it's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. That makes sense. But I really don't sense it. I don't think it's going to happen. And you're like, I just, why do I come here? What real sense of hope there is, I'm never going to change. And yet Jesus gives us this sense of hope that even in the midst of it all, the hope, the possibility, is that when all of this reaches its consummation, that we will fully know Jesus completely. And so the communion, in a sense, gives us this hope I don't want you to leave here thinking, oh, man, I'm never going to encounter Jesus. I'm never going to have that super experience that Paul has. God does not call us to have Paul's experience. He calls us to encounter Jesus. That's the call that we face. So however you encounter Jesus doesn't matter as long as you meet with him and we meet with him at the communion table because communion matters. This is the place where we sit down and say, I will eat a meal with you. How many of you have been to those weddings where you sit at a table and you don't know anybody? It's uncomfortable, right? You don't know anybody and you got to talk about stuff that you really don't care about. You're kind of hoping that you had younger kids so that you can blame it on the babysitter and how you got to go home and save them. So like you younger parents, that's your excuse, right? When you want to leave a wedding, oh, we got to go get the kids, you know, we got to save the babysitter. We used it. My apologies if it happened at your wedding. But (laughs) (laughs) sorry, (laughs) just being honest, right? Uh, but it's really difficult. But do you ever go out to eat with people that you really just want to be with and sit there and eat? Right? I mean, it's like it's like, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. It used to be that way with me and Brian Cho until he called me a clown lead earlier this week. But you know, <laughs> oh, calling him out. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I'm joking around. I should be. Let's be serious. <sighs> There's hope. The fact. That Jesus has proactively stepped into our world and then invited us to his banqueting table says this, I love you. I wanna reveal myself to you. I want you to know me and I want you to encounter me and experience life. It doesn't mean you won't have difficulties, it won't mean that you won't face persecution. It won't mean that you won't have a whole truckload of things that just go wrong in life. But there's something about encountering Jesus that makes a difference in our lives. So today, as part of the application, I actually want us to experience communion. And I'm going to ask you, as you get ready to do this... Play through your mind everything we just talked about. Remember, what are you remembering about Jesus, who he is, what he's done? And not just in scripture, but what he has meant to you in your life. Examine yourself. Where's your heart really? Are you on fire? Are you like just like, man, I just love God. I'm like Paul, nothing but Jesus, and I'm good with that. Or do you need more? Like even last night we talked about when I get discouraged and depressed, and I tell you, I just hate preaching weeks. Because on those weeks, I'm always depressed and down, waiting for something horrible to happen in my life. Because it's just the way that it works. But there's always the hope that maybe in all of this, there's something that God wants to do that I'm just not seeing just yet. But I'm going to remember who he is. I'm going to remember what he's done. And as I'm looking at myself, and maybe, unfortunately, I'm medicating myself with things that I shouldn't, at least I know. That in my tiredness and in my weakness, Jesus is there. Not just for me, but for all of us. Because God doesn't just love me, he loves all of us. And he doesn't just love all of us, he loves the world. And he wants the world to know him. And above all that, he wants us to meet with him, to encounter him, to feast with him, to celebrate him. And this is what this is about. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And just three simple words. Remember, well, four. Remember, examine, encounter, and hope. And just play that through your head. I'm going to ask those of you who volunteered to help out with pouring the grape juice to come on up. While they're doing that, don't just come up here once people start coming. I'm going to encourage you. If you want to sit there and and you sit here for the next half hour and you're just spending time with Jesus, we're going to keep this stuff up here. That's okay. When you're ready for the elements, you come when you are ready. Remember again, on this side here where Diane is, is the gluten-free. So if you need gluten-free, please come up here. On the flip side is the vegan side. If you have nut allergies and you're concerned about something, I also have the on the two ends the uh, really small uh, communion wafer kind of thingies for you as well. So everyone, please, it's not about what you eat. The pieces of bread are huge, and for a reason, because I really want you to experience what it really means to have somewhat of a meal as a reminder. The four... um, Loaves of bread. Couldn't think of what the word was. Loaves of bread in the middle are for just about anybody. So if you want to come up and do that as well, please feel free to do that. So I think we have background music, right, sister? Okay, John is working out. That's fine. Okay, so why don't we just bow our heads, close our eyes. I will close my mouth and allow you to just take the time. Remember. There's no hurry. Jesus has an eternity. Remember. Examine, where am I at? Is there someone here that I'm a little angry with? Is there something that I keep giving into that I need to say no to or something that I need to start saying yes to? Do I'm really feeling this sense of loving God and loving others? Or am I just always angry and bitter? But no, that, that's still Jesus inviting you. You don't want to stay in that? Then come, encounter Jesus here at the table because he provides for us. The hope that no matter where you are, no matter where you are headed, when you meet him, he can turn it all around and draw you into his presence. This week, as you go your way, my simple blessing for you is that you will encounter Jesus in ways that have been old but yet are new and refreshing. To recognize that wherever you are, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, Jesus can come into that and bring us to that place where he wants us to be. So as you go, encounter Jesus, knowing that wherever you go, he is there and only asks that you turn to him. And he will give you life. Amen.